funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's two o'clock on a Wednesday. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about belief. What they what people believe in on some call me Tim There it is. Some call me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. I am joined today by Amit. And Craig, and welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. Some call Pam. me Tim. Yeah. So we usually open up the show by looking deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus, and I ask, "Do you believe in Jesus?" I personally don't. This is Ahmed speaking. Yeah. Hi. This is Craig. Um, I uh, I'm open to the idea that he was. A person at some time. Sure. Um, I don't believe in the, the spiritual side of Jesus' existence. You don't think he was the son of God? Actually, I like Craig's answer. I'm going to go with that. Go with that? All right. So he was a dude who lived, but he wasn't, he didn't have like magical powers and he wasn't imbued by the light of the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. It's not my belief, but I'm open to it. Gotcha. Because I don't know. All right. All right. That works. Um, so, do you do you think that people need to believe in something to be moral? Is or here's the question: Are people born basically bad, and then we force them to be good by society, or are people born good, and then society twists them, and their experience can make them bad? That's a great question, and I don't know. <laughs> I know, like, a lot of babies are really egotistical. <gasps> That's an interesting concept, absolutely. Minds. Do you have a baby? Uh, no, oh, I'm okay. just saying that's something that a kid who's learning to talk, that's going to be one of their oh, first words. Oh, mine, 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 mine. Mine, mine. So children are inherently selfish, but is selfishness inherently bad? I, I don't think it is. Uh, the first thought I have is the animal kingdom. Um, I think the the ideas of good and bad are uh, they're not rigid. And I I used to be really sensitive about animals to the point where I uh, like I couldn't watch any animal shows where 
prey was caught. Oh, so like Shark Week, no good. Yeah. Even though it was animals that were benefiting from it as well. Sure. uh, The idea of like, of killing another being for your sustenance Uh at the time was morally repugnant. Were, Were you a vegetarian? I was then, yes. Wow. So you took it to, were you vegan? I was not. Okay. All right. I love my cheese. I think that vegans are their own religion. I think that people that practice veganism, it's like, not that, not that all people practice a religion to feel better than other people, but I think some people do, and specifically vegans seem to be the most guilty of that crime. That like they believe, they're like, well, I'm better than you because I don't eat meat. And it's like, I get, they hold it over your head sort of that you're bad, that you're bad because you consume the delicious flesh of animals. What, what made you not be a vegetarian anymore? I, I've worked in restaurants a long time, and I really enjoyed the act of cooking. All right. And I felt like I was... Uh, well, first of all, I, I had morally shifted in a, a way that allowed for the consumption of flesh. I, talk about that. That's very interesting. <laughs> Where was I, this moral shift? What, what, what were you, and what did it shift to? I don't know exactly, um, but it was, it was kind of coming, it was in my early twenties and I feel like maybe it was a, uh, some kind of move from a, an idea of an innocent world to the idea of, uh, perhaps the, uh, the opening up of the idea that, that good and bad are super relative. Ah, okay. And, um... And I knew that my, it's a weird thing, because I knew that my being a vegetarian was not stopping the meat industry. Right, It's right. still happening out there. Sure. And I was not moved to protest against it. Okay. I was just not participating. Sure. Uh, and so when, I didn't feel like, uh, once, once I was like, oh, I think it's okay for me to try this again because I had eaten meat as a child right? Um, but I was a ground beef <coughs> meat eater I was a uh, uh, I didn't want anything that resembled right. flesh no, even before I became vegetarian no chicken on the bone I was the same way when yeah, I was a kid no I couldn't, steak. Eat, couldn't eat chicken on the bone because I felt like I am eating the leg of a chicken right like I'm literally gnawing on and I just couldn't I just couldn't handle it yeah I just couldn't handle it as a child even now, sometimes I have trouble with things on the bone. Just because I'm like, oh my God. Someone was eating ribs on Sunday, and I decided not to eat one. Because I was like, I'm going to have to gnaw on a pig's rib bone. Yeah. And I don't think I can handle that right now. You guys are much better people than me. Yeah. I, I don't like eating chicken legs just because the bone is annoying. Oh, but you don't mind that it's a dead animal. You're like, whatever. Not really. Um, like, I mean, if... Um, if meat was made illegal, I would be completely okay with that. I would have no problems. And actually, I think it probably should be. Sure. Um, but in the world that we live in where it's not illegal, I... Well... I is, is it a moral struggle for you? Or it just... It doesn't have to be a moral struggle. Like whether you eat, consume you know, the flesh of other beings and not, <laughs> yeah, well, if you put it that way, well, it's just funny because we're like, 
can't eating people is bad. That's cannibalism. But we're like all the other mammals. We're like they are tasty, and I think that they used to call people long pork. Oh, I've heard a reference to that I've been watching uh, Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Oh, and they and say no, sp- this isn't like a huge spoiler, but at some point they do mention long pig. A long pig, yeah, which is I guess, I mean, because if pigs taste delicious and they eat everything, I mean, it's not that far of a stretch to think that humans are, taste like pig. Pro- maybe, maybe yeah. even better. I don't know. I said it's terrible, but that's like for some reason that's like moralistically it's like scary to even think about. I guess because we put so much value on human life, perhaps. Or yeah, uh, I, I, that comes to mind a lot for me when, uh, like, when I was vegetarian, I had uh, a lot of trouble with, uh, especially family members around the holidays. They didn't oh. understand like if the stuffing's made with chicken stock, I'm not going to eat it. They're like, oh, it's not meat; it's just the chicken stock. And I was like. I was a purist in that sense. I, I still ate gelatin, uh, I, so I was not a don't consume any parts of animals uh, vegetarian. But uh, but basically, like, and and now I I think of stock as mostly a byproduct. So it's actually like um, I think if I were to go vegetarian now, I'd probably be open to still um, enjoying broth and stuff. But I think about. Um, like I used to, uh, I was watching somebody yesterday make a veggie burrito, and they were uh, they had the um, the spatulas on the grill, and uh, and they were mixing the veggies together, and then they'd go mix some meat together, and they wouldn't clean it, and that would have really bothered me as a vegetarian. Ah, that's funny. And that, that you noticed that. That's yeah. Yeah, it's still like I'm still very aware of that, uh, of like the the crossing of meat and veggie stuff sure uh in kitchens and i think about my friends who used to say in college like oh it's not a big deal uh but then i my counter argument to that is if somebody if we were somewhere where we could eat people and somebody were to like use the spatulas on uh on people meat right and then go back to your food uh would that be okay with you because i think it is people disconnect that a lot that the the people animal uh food triangle i guess right yeah what? i think um so your oh, earlier no. question to me i'm um, like do i think it's immoral to eat animals for, like for me it it is um but it's kind of the moral thing which you put into the back of your head mm-hmm. like um driving or leaving a light on things which are bad but you tell yourself that you're still a good person even though you do it Sure. I'm leaving a light on, eating animals, driving? Where's the... What does driving have to... I mean, just because we should lower our carbon footprint and we shouldn't drive cars and we should take public transportation? Oh, um... Oh, it's even worse than that. We should be walking everywhere. Self-powered transit. Oh, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I think... uh, Oh, so... Uh, what's the right way to bring this up? Um, I think uh, like a lot of people don't understand just how bad climate change is. Like even oh, if it's we real. reduce oh, it's real, but Our even, even if we reduce carbon emissions to zero today, which yeah. is not going to happen, it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen in ten years. It's not going to happen in twenty years. Right. Uh, global warming will still continue. Climate change will still continue. Oh yeah, polar uh, ice caps disappearing. That's real. And I don't think I'm ever going to get to see them. But I, I have no tickets to the yeah. North Pole at the moment. 
They have no tickets to the North Pole. I don't have any. Oh, you don't have any. Yeah, I, I don't you. even know if you can get. Can do you, you get can tickets? You, are there to the commercial North flights to the I, North Pole? I can't Pole? imagine. Go to Greenland and then what? Hike? I don't know. Like, it's, oh, um, because you could see glaciers, and I saw a glacier in um, Alaska, but that was in 1997. It's gone. Probably, yeah. It, it used to be, uh, so I'm Canadian, uh, and so it used to be that you could make a polar trek and try to do it, but the Canadian government kept having to save people who got oh, into perilous danger. God. And so now I think you need to pay like some kind of fee, like $60,000 wow. in order to make uh, the polar trek. The treacherous journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never going to make it. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to see it. Well, but that I saw this cool map that an artist did, and it was what happens when the seas when the polar ice caps melt and the seas rise and what San Francisco will look like and it's like a little series of islands like the mission is gone the mission is all underwater uh, and because it'll flood in from the bay and it's the only things that'll last are the things that are on higher elevation but that's going to kind of happen everywhere is I mean as the seas rise every major human city will be underwater Wow. Yeah, because they're all built around ports, really, right? It's yeah. like uh, Denver might be the only, yeah, like the largest metropolis that's safe. So, are you guys like climate change? Like, is that like your religion thing? Is you're like telling everybody, like, hey, the world's gonna fall apart? I'm not. Oh, okay. I I'm not either. Oh. Uh, well, I guess. I don't know. I was bringing this up in as an example of a thing that we do, but oh, we shouldn't be doing. Oh, I gotcha. Because every time you step in a car, you're committing more emissions and adding to the problem. And we just we just blindly say, oh, no, it's just I'm just driving to yeah. wherever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... What are you guys? What do what are you? What are you guys here for? Whether you're starting a church, we're, what here, are you? we're here to plug a show. Oh, cool! <laughs> great, that's great too. What kind of show? It's um, we're billing it as a new religion slash comedy show. All right. And um, the best way to describe it is so Craig is a Unitarian Universalist. Um, and the Whoa. best way to describe it is a Unitarian Universalist service uh, in the context of uh, an improv show. Whoa. So it's a church service improv. It's an improv church service. Is it meant to be funny? Yes. Yes. But it's uh, a lot of, like, if I've seen any crossover between religion and uh, and comedy, other than, I mean, certainly a lot of preachers will build comedy into their sermons sure um or throughout the service and uh in in probably any faith almost any faith i would guess there are probably some that are never joking (laughs) (laughs) but uh but this one is is more comedy heavy than uh than you would see if you were to attend most sunday morning services at a at some kind of faith-based sure well i mean the one the one uh thing that definitely combines with religion and improv is saying yes just saying yes there's a faith component right and faith is basically just saying yes like i believe like that's the whole thing about christianity that always twists me up is anytime you ask christians or pastor or whatever and you start talking about jesus and you're like but why do you believe and they're like because he tells me to because it's because you have to have faith 
Yeah, I it's would, the faith that makes it real. Um, I think one of the things we're aiming for is to not really have any dogma. And I think faith gets close to it. But more specifically, I think what we're trying to push for is empathy and connection. Wow. Wow. That's like an interesting um, goal statement sort of to have for a show. That you're, that's, that's a lofty vision. Yeah. And um, I think with improv, these are always goals that the performers have with each other uh, on the really, really good improv shows. And I think what we're trying to do is to open that up to the audience, too. Um, and so we're trying to push our performers to kind of tap into that empathy and that connection more and also do some things so that the audience will also feel it and they'll also uh, want to share. So can you, can you give me some examples of what this show is going to be like? How do you, it's not improv games. It's not like, hey, give me three suggestions and we're going to juggle them and talk about God. It's not going to be like, like you're like Satan, Beelzebub, Lucifer, go! <laughs> like, and then and then you start like, damn the devil to hell or whatever. I mean, what do you? It, what is the format? Is it long? Yeah, um, I would say it's it, it's long. There are long form components to it, uh, but uh, some people define long form and short form mainly by the amount of time. Ah. Uh, my understanding and the way that I usually talk about it is that short form is the games you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You'd see on whose line is it anyway, or at comedy sports. Uh, and a long form kind of improv is where you take one suggestion from the audience or maybe a, a collection of suggestions like an interview or for the Church of Modern Life, it'll be the audience sharing joys and concerns that they currently have in their lives. Wow, that's such a good idea. So you wait, you pass the microphone around and you say joys and concerns, everyone, joys and concerns. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> and uh, and part of this is because we know that people are coming for the comedy show side of it. Uh, we're probably not... Although deep topics like death and uh, loss and uh, and what's a deep topic that's not like that that's not a, on the negative Abor- side abortion? necessarily um, <laughs> uh, marriage marriage yeah like and, uh, and like birth. big life events coming yeah. of age yeah those uh, those were they're available we might talk about them but um, but we're we figure if people really want to process that kind of stuff maybe they'll be going finding their own uh, communities that specifically target stuff like that like a typical church um it's called the church of modern life the church of modern life yeah and so this is uh in name and in process it kind of gives everybody the uh permission to say you know i'm like butthurt about this thing that happened last week and it doesn't really matter in the in the larger scheme of things but uh but it like helps to just talk about it in a supportive room. Sure. And then especially if we can find a way to uh, see the lighter side of that, like what's um, we're, we're really working right now. Cause we have about three weeks before the first show. Yeah. First show is going to be May 30th. Oh, at, wow. At piano fight. Oh, right on. And how long is it going to, is it going to run like once weekly or are you going to do it monthly or what are you thinking? We've got, um, so our first run is going to be four shows, oh, two God. in San Francisco at Piano Fight, two in Oakland at All Out Comedy Theater. Cool. And they're about once every three weeks. Um, wow. And so the, the show dates, um, so we've got at Piano Fight, May 30th at 9 p.m. And uh, so that's a Thursday and Saturday, July 13th at 7 p.m. And the two shows in Oakland are Sunday, June 23rd and Sunday, July 28th, both at 7.30 p.m. How many people are in your troupe? 
I think we have around 10. Oh, wow. Are you going to wear cute outfits that like match like choir robes or like vestments that look vaguely religious? We we have a uniform. You have uh, a uniform. And I hope it's cute, but it's <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be very simple. Okay. What I mean... Let's. So I'll give you the thing. I'll, I have a. I have a concern. Right. Um, yesterday on the bus, there was. Uh, I wanted to sit down, but in in the seat was a moist towelette that had brown stuff on it. It could have been makeup off of someone's face. It could have been from their doo doo crack, but it was sitting on this chair. And I was. I was like, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch it. And I don't want to sit there because there's. I don't know what that is. That bothered me very much. Yeah. That a person would either take a more, it was like wet and moist, would either shove, and I can just imagine it was someone, shove it down the back of their pants, pull it out, stick it on the thing, or that someone would remove their makeup on the bus and leave it there on the seat. Not even on the ground. And I hate it when they throw it out the window, but it's, it, it's just so rude. It's just so, it's just so not thinking about other people. It's just so, it just made me really kind of miffed not like I'm angry but like fucking man like what we're allowed to swear by the way if you want to fuck yeah yeah but what would you do with that if that was if I was in the church and I raised my hand and I'm like I have a concern people are messy on the bus and there's moist towelettes everywhere that are disgusting and people throw garbage out the window I saw a guy eating sunflower seeds just spitting them on the ground why why would you do that yeah, I think at the show, uh, the first thing uh, we'd say thank you for sharing. Ah, because without you, we can't do what we're doing up here. Ah, which is uh, something that I don't know if uh, people think all that much about if they're outside the improv community. That uh, that really the people who show up for the audience that night, not just in uh, like what word we get from the audience to inspire what we're about to do, but also in the way that uh, in like the comic comedic taste of the audience um and of course stand-ups like run into this as well uh, but because we're going out there with no planned material we can always cater our what we're doing um to what the audience is reacting to uh even if we didn't like work out enough like an extra 20 minutes of time uh, ahead of time in case of those audiences where they're a little stiffer or they're a little uh, like cruder or whatever and uh so who shows up is is a huge part of how a show goes. Shaping the show, absolutely. Uh, and if you weren't there that night, we wouldn't have all this information to work with. Right. Uh, we'd have something completely different. Um, so I have uh, two thoughts on, on how we might approach this. One is that when we begin an improv scene, sometimes we know where we want to go with it, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are just beginning a scene, and we'll find out... Ah. what happens uh, when somebody else steps in to join us in the scene. So I might take uh, I might take some, some simple piece of that. Something like, every time I want to sit down somewhere, there's a piece of trash. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, and we, we can take that into many different places. We can take it to work. We can take it out into the park. Um, but just that idea of sitting, wanting to sit down and somebody else left something there. Um, and, and we can just start with just that idea and we'll find out what's interesting about it as we go. There's so much trust in improv. That's crazy. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. That there's 10 of you, you don't know what's going to happen, and yet you start doing stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, how is it 
fitted into the church concept? Like, two questions. Number one, how does it fit into the church concept? Two, does it have to fit into the church concept? Three, how did you come up with this idea of the church concept? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's really intriguing because it, it's, it's provocative. People are going to see that, especially the cute little cards you made. That's a really, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a really provocative, like, idea of improv. And I'm just, so yeah, how would you, does everything have to fit into the church model? How does it fit into the church model? And why did you choose a church model? Um, so can I answer the third question Sure, first? sure. Yeah, absolutely. And this actually, it has a three-part answer. Okay. Uh, so this is this is going to get, we're going to get into it. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Trinity. Got it. Go. Threes. Uh, so definitely. Um, the most recent part, um, it started in December. Uh, and there'd been some ideas, and these are earlier parts, and we can go that, into that if you want to. Uh, there's been some ideas that were ruminating in my head. Um, actually, you know what? I'll just go right into it. Okay, so one idea which was ruminating in my head um, was, so basic ideas about religion. So me, myself, you're asking if I believe in Jesus. So my my background, my parents are Hindu. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm not Hindu. Many gods, right? Hindus have like a billion gods, right? Like 3,000 gods or something? Uh, a billion and one. Oh, all right. Uh, so they're, they're all reincarnations. Oh. I'm... Um, but I don't believe that. Okay. Uh, so I don't believe in God. I don't believe in reincarnation or any kind of afterlife. Um, and uh, when I was much, much younger, I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, and she, so she had a similar background to mine. So atheist, her parents were very religious. Um, and I think her father started off as Hindu, but he converted to Buddhism. Wow. And she went to um, some kind of Buddhism meditation retreat. And she said, you know, I don't, buy some of the things that they're selling you. I don't believe in reincarnation. Um, but I met so many happy people there. Cool. Um, and they seem really content with themselves and about life. Um, and so that let one idea um, kind of in the back of my head. So even if we don't believe any of the details or any of the dogma that is associated with religion, I think there's something deep within all humans. Um, and I like to call it an emotion. Um, I don't know if other people would describe it this way, but like some kind of emotion uh, that evokes spirituality or um, wanting to be something bigger than ourselves. Uh -huh. um, and I think this is something which is very powerful and it's something uh, human, um, even if we don't believe in the supernatural aspects of it. Uh, I think we can not mention those, but still uh, tap into that feeling which is there. Uh, and I wanted for a long time some way to express that myself. Sure. Connectivity. I, I think you're talking about connectivity. Yeah. Between, each, between people and between possibly the supernatural, but not necessarily, but this connection between people still exists. Yes. Uh, between people uh, and even people in nature. Sure. Um, all of this. Um, and so wanting uh, a place where I can... Um, express this myself in a way that I feel comfortable with. Um, so second big idea, which is kind of historical, um, when I came to the Bay Area, I got into improv. And so as Craig mentioned, there are two types of improv, the short form and long form. And in short form improv, we're kind of always going to the audience uh, and getting suggestions. Um, and they form a really big part of the show. In long form, 
you might get one suggestion in the beginning, uh, and then you're kind of feeding off the audience, uh, but there is less direct buy-in from the audience. Um, and if you like, you really go through like what this art form is. It's something where nothing is prepared. You have this group of performers. So crazy to me. This group of performers, <laughs> but also this particular audience. And the show is a combination of these two people together. And I felt... Um, so short form is is really able to push that um it, it's kind of true to what improv is i really like long form i like the artistry in long form i like the the trust in long form um and it felt to me like there was a way where we could get some of the elements that we see more in long form improv than short form improv um in a way that is able to encompass the audience in a better way. Sure. So those were two ideas which were in the back of my head. Wait, let me piggy tag to oh, sure. that. Just so you know, the way I was taught the difference between long form and short form is that short form is always meant to be funny and long form doesn't necessarily have to always end in comedy. That long form can go anywhere and sometimes it ends up being funny, but that's not what long form's about. Long form is about making something out of nothing and where it goes is where it goes. And that's, I mean, almost like you're writing a play and not every play is hilarious. You know, like that, that's just the way I was taught the difference. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? I think that has some truth just in the way that we see it uh, in what's out there, um, but not in a, a rule kind of way. I've seen uh, lots of long form shows that are get the laugh, get the laugh, get the laugh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, almost as aggressively as a short form show uh, might be going for. I've never seen a dramatic like no laugh short form show and you're giving me this amazing <laughs> idea like short form dramatic improv could be i, I could get into that incredible that uh and i i kind of like the idea that it's still <laughs> it's got all of that um like smarmy bravado of like hey everybody we're gonna come out of, hey we're, we're gonna bring out a box of props and we're gonna see what we turn them into oh and i have God. a suggestion for a relationship between two people an abusive father and their son oh wow and then playing wow. it totally straight oh my uh God. It's uh, it'd be very interesting to watch. It might be like a late night show that sure. we only expect four or five people to show up for, uh, but I would love to watch it happen at um, least once. Yeah, and so I think in general, there's more room in uh, in long form for dramatic periods. Um, in fact, it's it can be super helpful to get bigger laughs later to to oh. set the tension um, to to like you might do with a really long setup. You're just like letting the audience think there's got to be something coming. There's got to be something. something Maybe there's nothing. Wait, what if there's nothing? Oh, wait, I think they're going for it. Okay, cool. I think it's going to be funny. Yay, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, But you guys aren't comedians. You're improv artists. Do you do stand-up as well or? I have dabbled. Okay. I've dabbled Uh, as well. um, Is Is that what it's going? We have to be stand-ups to be comedians no 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 i mean no and 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 that's an unfair it's an unfair generalization i'm sorry i didn't mean to put it that way i just i i only the only time i do improv is for comedy baseball at piano fight oh yeah yeah. i'm terrible i am the weakest link on our team (laughs) because i'm a stand-up because i memorize 
because I work better with a script that I've written. And even I was a theater trained in undergrad and I sucked at improv. And I only took a couple improv classes because it was painful for me to be in because I wasn't ever good at it because I don't necessarily trust my instincts and I have a difficult time trusting other people. So for me, for me, improv was just like, oh my God, this is awful. I feel so stupid and I just don't feel like I'm excelling at it. Whereas stand up, like I always feel better about it because at least I wrote the material, but that's not a fair thing to say about, I mean, like you guys feel successful at improv. Yeah. Like you wouldn't do it if you didn't really like it. Yeah, that's yeah, I think we that's like true. It. Yeah, that's amazing. For um, me, I just look at that and I'm like, I mean, I can't wait to go to one of your shows and fucking see this shit because I can't even, I can't even concept. I'm trying to kind of conceptualize what you're gonna do, but not really at all. But I love that it has to do with like church and connectivity. Yeah, and yeah. Empathy? Um, that's nuts. I. So uh, to your earlier question, because I think this kind of matches up with like, what the hell is this going to be? Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> is it's, I, I think the overall look of it will be, will resemble a church service. Yeah. And some of the improvised moments will resemble church service. And some of the improvised moments will resemble an, a typical improv show. Mm. Uh, and something we're working on right now with the cast. We've been working with them for about five, six weeks. Wow. And oh, a little bit more than that. Is it? Yeah, it's nearing on. I don't know how time works. Wow. It's, that's how does, do you know how time works? Yeah, just it's weird. It's a human construct just slips through our fingers. Do you, do you guys meet once a week, twice a week? How much are you working on this? Once a week, once yeah. A week, yeah. Once a week for 10 weeks. All right. And, uh... And so, with that time, we've, uh... We've, we had the idea that Amit brought in early on and before we uh, before the cast was put together I'm um, had reached out to me because we've worked together before in other ways and uh, he's like I think that you'd be interested in this thing I'm doing um, do you want to come on board and uh, and it matched up super well with uh, when I've uh, my I, I'm not an active churchgoer currently um, mainly because I love sleeping in yeah right and I just miss it even on weekends when I'm like yeah I'm gonna go to church none this of week. her shows are on Sunday morning <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have it on Sunday I mean maybe Sunday afternoon like so it's like a brunch show that's fine a brunch show would be make awesome make it like a yeah. one o'clock one o'clock brunch show serve yeah. the most well you could serve the blood of Christ <laughs> yeah well, that's, uh, I mean, it's a piano Christ fight, Moses? though. It's, 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 a, it's a piano fight, which is great. I mean, I wonder if they yeah. have red wine. You make everybody buy red Or charge a little bit more for the ticket and yeah. include a <laughs> glass of red wine. Oh, we should have done that. That would be funny. Because then it would be like, you know, charge people 20 bucks and they get a glass of wine. Instead of what, ticket prices are 10? Probably 12. Uh, I think they're... 15? 15, no. It's 15, uh, actually, yeah, it's 15 in San Francisco. Yeah. Oakland no, is, is a bit cheaper. Yeah. Blood of Christ, Eucharist. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no worries. Um, so it's uh, so there will there will be times when we break away from the format, and uh, oh. and so when Amit had asked me to come on, I'd already been spending a couple of years with uh, like some kind of church comedy crossover right. uh, in my mind because I've been uh, for a while. I was spending a week every summer at this Unitarian Universalist camp. And cool. I was working with the high school students, or not students, the high school campers. Yeah. Um, we it's a family wide camp, uh, and it's uh, it's in the Midwest, and um, 
and so everybody shows up with their families but then the high school kids all live together in one cabin the middle school kids all live together in one cabin so fun and they all have counselors and we basically do the programming for them so that they're they cross paths with their parents but they're not stuck with them all week sure because their parents are doing god things uh well unitarian universalism doesn't have dogma so some of them are doing god stuff and some of them are doing buddhist stuff and some of them are doing uh humanist stuff uh just real quick overview on unitarian universalism it's what that's about uh, unitarians and the universalists were two christian sects and they came together in the 1960s pretty recent and said let's drop the dogma but keep the church wow and so kind of a similar thing to what amit was envisioning uh for for this show but also just for in general like hey even if i don't believe this stuff uh, there's good stuff that comes out of this sure. meeting, this intentional like meeting once a week and uh, and spending time connecting with each other. Yeah. Are you gonna have a prayer? Are you gonna have like a prayer game every time? Is there gonna be? And would that be blasphemous? That's the thing too. <laughs> if you do certain ideas that come from the church, would that? I mean, is that blasphemous to people who actually believe or? Because some people would even say, oh, how dare you? How dare you take what I believe and turn it into an improv show? Right? I mean, that's a little devil advocacy. I think it's awesome. One thing that we're trying to do with the show is to keep it focused um, kind of on the people and the connection they have. Sure. Um, and I think one thing that we're trying to do is not to make fun of any other religion. Mm-hmm. Um, because both, like, within our cast, people come from all kinds of backgrounds. Interesting. And we also expect that from the audience as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we... So we'll be using, like, things that kind of resemble other uh, religious practices perhaps but we're not drawing directly from any of them in a way that i think somebody would say hey that's ours right um and also if choose a different word or something and have everybody chant it like yes (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's the one thing i learned about always say yes yes do you always say yes or do you sometimes say no you can absolutely say the word no the yes it's uh i think it's very confusing from outside of it because really the idea of yes means yes I believe the reality that we're building together and not necessarily yes I'm going to do the thing that we want to do and this is an example I use kind of often when I'm teaching is you have a character that says I don't like spinach the other character says hey want some spinach it would be a denial of the reality for that character to say yes in that situation yes give me spinach because they've already said I don't like it right Uh, so saying no in that case is actually a yes to the reality that we're building in the scene all right i under i i'm catching what you're throwing so you teach improv i do yeah. at, where at end games end games yeah oh that's so great don't you got you have two locations right we one at either end of mission Street? basically yeah we rent out stage works uh oh. four five nights a week awesome and that's where most of our shows happen including the friday night shows uh, your fucked up relationship is the most popular show that end games runs and it's been going on for eight years wow and uh it's the ten thirty version of that is always free it has been the whole time Ten uh, thirty every friday you have a free show yeah. at Stageworks. yeah yeah Stop we, it. we have a line. We usually have to turn away a dozen or so people. I've, um, I've lived in the city for 12 years now, and I have and I had no idea. Oh, you got to come. Oh, wow. I can't wait. I mean, especially it's at 1030. My show ends at 10, so that's great. I can oh, easily... Oh, that's perfect. I can go over there and like... Because I enjoy improv, 
almost more because I can't do it. Yeah, well, you know what awesome. I mean? Like, it's <laughs> I think so, I'm the same way with stand-up. <laughs> I'm oh. so... I, I, I respect it so much because I'm like, I have no idea how they're doing that. Because sometimes I'll watch it and be like, they knew they were going to... Did they not know? They knew. No, we didn't know. It's, but sometimes it feels like you're watching, you're like, they totally planned that. Because otherwise, I mean, do, does that happen in your 10 weeks of meeting and doing sort of rehearsals that aren't really rehearsals? Do things <laughs> come up from like week two that you've sort of already been through and you know, like as a group, okay, we can go there. Or is it completely fresh every time? Well, one thing that we're practicing during our rehearsals is format. Uh. So the content is not known ahead of time, mm. uh, but we do know, like we have a, uh, last week we worked uh, with the idea of a, a guided meditation and we had the whole team, uh, everybody got great. to do one on their own. That was really great. It was so cool. <laughs> uh, we are sitting like, in a dark room with uh, with like a little like battery candles. Yeah. And, uh, and my ask of them was, I don't want to make fun of the idea of meditation. While we're doing this, like we can have fun without making fun. I think that's kind of the overall tone of the show. Yeah. So your guided meditations were like, close your eyes, you're walking into a room of fish. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when, what color fish do you see? One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. See, I automatically go to script. Yeah. I, I mean, right? Like, yeah. I can't even improv for two seconds without something referencing something that's already been written by someone else. Well, that's what we're doing all the time in our lives anyway. Like, it, even with, I mean, at its core, uh, improv, and sometimes there's silent improv, but if you're using words in improv, you're using the words that you've heard out in the world using concepts that you come across in your daily life sure. uh so it's it's not all creating out of nothing it's uh it's bringing our own experiences to the stage and seeing like what where there's value in sharing those experiences sure um just for improv in general and uh and so i feel like the church of modern life is going to be even more so like that we're really focusing more on Let's let's see what happens when we all bring our experiences together, and share them together, and uh, and see what we can learn. We're not going to be preachy about any lessons, but we do want to create content that allows people to see, like find lessons for themselves if they come into it with that mindset. I can't. This higher this 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 like higher purpose that you're trying to bring through improv is impressive. Like this whole idea of having a goal for your audience to leave feeling like they've shared and they have empathy for their fellows. That's like like the beginning of changing the world. Because isn't that, like, our lack of empathy, isn't that what causes, like, I don't know, slavery? I, or just be, if, that's how we see people as humans is by respecting them and saying, you're a human, you have value and worth. That's why we don't eat them. Right, that's why we don't eat them! <laughs> this is why... Let's look at that setup. Brings it back. Very nice. Right, but we still, there's still people in Bangladesh that make our pants and they get paid 10 cents an hour or whatever. And we're like, yeah, yeah but my pants are fourteen ninety five. So, like, I don't know, having, seeing people as actual people can help us. I don't know, racism seems to be huge right now in the United States. Maybe if we had some empathy of where people were coming from, that that wouldn't be such a such a huge issue right now what do you guys do with that when you're doing improv and big 
issues like that come up? Like, how do you, do you try to turn it to funny or do you just go with it as like, oh shit, now we're talking about slavery. Like, in, um, so in, in a lot of improv, I think you tend to, you tend to avoid big subjects like that. Um, and I think to some extent, so it, I think it depends a little bit on the, um, what the performers are able to, to work with. Uh, and if the perf- I don't know. What am I even talking about? Um, one thing that I will say, uh, so part of what we're trying to do in the show uh, is the improv, and there are other aspects as well. Um, so for each of the shows, uh, we're aiming to have a charity come uh, as well. Um, and so we have uh, three out of four booked. Um, and so like the first one, it's going to be um, the St. Francis Challenge, which is uh, a San Francisco-based charity. I know about this. Oh. The houses, the tiny houses. Yeah. I, um, I love Amy Farrowweiss. I love, 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 love her. Yay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Amy Farrowweiss is, she was, I voted for her number one for mayor. I, on the one, two, three, anybody but Ed Lee. And um, I've always, she comes by here, she used to for a while uh, when she was campaigning and like I respect her so greatly for what she's done for cannabis in the city and what she's trying to do with the St. Francis House, the project. I mean, yeah. tiny homes can save people's lives. Like, Yeah, so exactly. So this is tiny homes for people who are homeless. Uh, so they have like a, a, a secure place to live. Um, another charity is um, Amnesty International. Oh, that's great. Can't um, go wrong there. Yeah, I think they're coming to the July 13th show. You know who you guys should talk to? for the San Francisco shows, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Do you know the sisters? They oh, no, they wear the bras familiar. on their head, the guys, they dress in drag, and they are a huge philanthropic organization, and you can contact them online, and the church, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and they'll come to your event and help you fundraise. Like, that's what they're all about. And they wear these, like, weird boob things on their head, and they dress like sisters. Oh, wow. And some of them have beards and are amazing, but they're all, like, super drag, and they're regalia, and they're very religious regalia. But you can go online and request a sister and they'll come to your they'll help you fundraise because that's what they're all about that's wonderful yeah and and wouldn't it be great to have a drag queen dressed as a funky nun at your <laughs> show i mean so we, we have this friend uh so krish um anytime i tell him some detail about the show he just has one line that repeats every time this keeps getting better and better yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i it's i mean it's a totally intriguing and new lens yeah we'll through which to them. see improv and uh, the last one um so the last one we have confirmed is the american uh foundation for suicide prevention wow really um, great causes and i'm talking with uh 350 bear area uh, the climate change organization yeah uh, but we haven't confirmed them yet yeah big uh, see that's that's great because then if you have a you have a charity involved and it's a church it all it all kind of works together God, I can't wait to see the show and every single one of them will be completely different oh yeah completely different uh, they might have a similar format overall right uh, because at, although we trust the performers 
that we have to come up with a, a brand new format every time and probably deliver something worth watching. Mm. I think um, we'll have a lot of strength, especially if we're inviting people to speak from charities and stuff uh, yeah. to know, so that they know like, what time do I go on stage? Right, <laughs> When right, is right, it right, my right. turn to talk? Um, they just stand up when they feel called by the spirit. Right. <laughs> I've been called by the spirit. It's time. Donate, my friends. Are you going to pass a basket like a tithing thing and then give it to the... That's so Absolutely. great. That's yeah. so great. I love that you're using these like conventions and tropes from religious ceremonies. And then I, I get it now, like the format. That it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. What... Tell us more about that Friday night show at 10.30. Give me an example of what the thing about your shitty relationship is about. Yeah, your fucked up relationship. Fucked up relationship. uh, Or also known as fucking free Fridays at End Games. Um, They they, uh, canvas the line as people are waiting to get in. And uh, and we seat about 100 there. Uh, And anybody who has a bad relationship from their past that they would like to share on stage can put their name in the jar. Uh, so it's only volunteers. It's uh, If you go to that show, you're not going to suddenly get pulled out of the audience without knowing it. Uh, you put your name in, they pull a name on stage, and they bring that person down to the stage, and they do like a five-minute interview uh-huh. where uh, one of the team members gets details about their relationship. And typically that part, there'll be laughs, but it's not about being funny. That's much more about getting details for the show. Right. And then they do about, uh, after the... They thank the volunteer from the audience. They leave the stage, and the team does about 20 minutes of sketches uh, improvised on the spot. About um, all the information that they just you, delivered. Exactly. Using all of that information about this uh, whatever went wrong romantically in somebody's life. And uh, for some of the people that share, it's super cathartic. I bet. Uh, some of the people who share... Um, think that they were the good guy in the relationship and the audience kind of finds out through the interview (laughs) that they weren't. So that's kind of fun to play with sometimes. Um, And uh, and then they they do that. uh, The second half is they do a a shorter uh, audience interview moment, uh, also about a different relationship. But the, uh, the scenes don't... You'll see a little bit of crossover here and there, but for the most part, each scene will be two or three minutes long, and it'll be standalone, uh, not necessarily connected to the rest of the uh, show. So it won't be like we're going to act out the whole relationship as it happened. It's more what was interesting about that that uh, that stood out, and and we could uh, like demonstrate why that was interesting to us on right. stage. So like. The person talking about they're talking about their ex, and then they say, "Oh, and the cat used to watch us have sex, and that always made me nervous." And then all of a sudden, you start a scene where you're a cat, and you're like, "I hate watching them have sex. It's so weird." You'd be great at improv, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only. I, everything for me goes to cats. <laughs> That's the problem. It's all cats all the time. It's prof. like all of my, all of my ideas. Oh, are, speaking of which, I just went and saw the Acro Cats. Do you know about them? No. Uh, they, they're they playing in Fort Mason right now. They're at the end of a three-week run. It's a cat circus. What? Uh, using all rescues. What? Yeah. And they added three shows. Uh, I think maybe they might be playing right now. Uh, and tomorrow and Friday, uh, they were sold out, but they added three matinees. So go check it out. Uh, look, just Google Acro Cats Fort Mason. I, I'm, I have tomorrow. I have the afternoon free. Do it. I... Frickin' love cats. Like, I am the craziest cat lady. I was even just saying in the last show, like, I want to, like, 
My dream many, is to have like 50 cats and I employ them to murder rats in the city. Like I, they follow me around and I'm like, go get them, girls, boys. Get in there, Tabby. And so let them like murder things. You want to have 50 cats. How many do you have now? I only have one. You're not, that doesn't, that's not a cat lady. I, well, I, I, I would have... 50 cats if my apartment would let me and my my house would smell like I don't want to smell like cat litter it's hard to keep up on wait wait poop. no if if you're a cat lady you've resigned to smell like cat litter that's that's true too I I love but like I'm I love cat I have like 10 minutes of material on on my cat on like my cat masturbating with me like me like masturbation with my cat like all this kind of crazy just off the wall crazy stuff like I fucking love my cat I didn't want to I didn't want to fix him because I loved his little nutsack it was so cute I, used to I have no so idea cute. what a cat's nutsack looks like oh my I don't God. think I've ever seen one it's like two little pussy willows but they're just swollen <laughs> and gorgeous and they just want to pinch him I just loved his little nutsack but I he started his little his little pink crayon started coming out and I was like oh no he's gonna get sexually frustrated and then I was worried like I love my cat and I don't want to have to jack him off with two tiny little q-tips dipped in Vaseline right yeah. but I don't want him to be like unsatisfied so we had to chop his balls off just because I wasn't willing to like jack off my cat I just thought and I wasn't willing to let him not jack off because the little kitty would be so frustrated and be like well I'm gonna go get there you know it's yeah. like oh yeah so I just didn't I mean I love my cat but I don't want to like love my cat right right. that would be weird (laughs) but I I fucking love my cat Um, that's the thing is if I come to your show I'm just going to be like cats (laughs) cats <laughs> we'll prepare plenty of cat material for you give, me a, give us a topic cats 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 they're the best they're like little alien fuzzy creatures from from afar i just love them some little faces ah! oh so i'm i think we're talking uh way back when about the yeah. synthesis of the show yeah. and there was one more thing so um yeah the think, third part yeah the third Sorry part which that. is the most recent um so in december uh, I was reading this book called Nonviolent Communication uh, by Marshall Rosenberg. Um, and it's a great book. Um, I highly recommend everyone to read it. Um, and there's one uh, one chapter where he's talking about... Um, a boot. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Yeah, you said that, so I made fun <laughs> yeah. of you. Yay! Um, there's one chapter where he's talking about... <laughs> <laughs> human needs and the kind of needs that we have and he very um thoughtfully organized them into categories Mm. and one of the categories was celebration and so the things he listed under celebration were um celebrating um death or loss um and celebrating a creation or birth um and 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 marriages that uh, yeah um, yeah, I think that was probably under fits under celebration. Um, and so that, that kind of um, sent me thinking, well, these are things which kind of you celebrate in a religious setting. And they're things which all humans uh, go through or traditionally have gone through. Um, and they're pretty uh, concrete rituals that we go through. Um, right. So we know in a funeral what happens. We know in a wedding what happens. Um, and then I started thinking about, well, wait a second, our lives are changing a lot. Mm. Um, you know, 15 years ago, smartphones didn't exist. Now they kind of dominate our lives. Um, and which are cause of a lot of troubles and frustrations. Mm. Um, but there's so many things which are constantly changing about our world and we're constantly changing as people and how we live it, uh, live through them. 
but we don't really have the rituals to go through that. Interesting. Um, and maybe we never will. Maybe things are changing so quickly. The only real way of celebrating it is through something uh, ephemeral. Right. Such as improv. Sure. Well, theater's ephemeral and church is theatrical. I mean, oh. there, are, there are the convention of theater and the convention of church are very similar in that there's a stage. Yeah. There's a setting. There's lines that are said. There's, there's songs that the whole group sings. That, there's that format you were talking about. Yeah. And to what degree are the songs fixed? To what degree is what um, everyone lines up and does a certain thing? Sure. And there are certain people who carry the ring. Right, 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 right. there are certain lines that you say, and those are ingrained into our memories. Right. Uh, And I guess, what if... Um, you're in a situation where there isn't something that's so ingrained as, will you blah, 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 take this as your blah, blah, blah. I do. Um, Those are just made up. That would be fun if you guys did like a long form where you make a person from the audience marry something, like a shoe or something. This keeps getting better and better. Right? Like (laughs) like if you've got, like someone in your cast is going to get married and you don't know who who or what they're going to marry yet. And then you ask, and then I'd be like, a cat! Cats! Cats, 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 marry your cat! (laughs) Well, fortunately, uh, Amit's in charge, and so we could kind of uh, do any ceremonies at all, and uh, and we won't get excommunicated. Yeah! Yep, Yep. if I say cat marriage is allowed, it's allowed. Man, cat marriage would be the best. They're so fuzzy, it's so cute. (laughs) You don't have to consummate it. Just live with them forever. I love my cat. Uh... So, that brings up the idea of, like, consent in the animal kingdom. Ah. Um, this came up conversationally recently <laughs> about, like, uh, you know, how, how do you know that a pet wants to be touched? And, uh, and especially with cats, from my experience, I mean, I've had, I, I know cats that will come up and, and very, um, obviously present themselves or what seems obvious to my lens uh present themselves for a pet um but if they're just hanging out next to me on the couch and i'm reaching over and petting them uh that's kind of it, it brings back to mind the idea of like where's the line between uh humans and animals and um i would guess that none of our our, our food animals are consenting to be eaten. That's very uh, true. So maybe we just don't care at all about animal consent in general. Uh, I pick up my cat all the time and he doesn't want to be picked up. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just force him to be, I'm like, I'm going to snuggle you now. And I pick him up and I'm like, yo, baby. I flip him over and I get him and he doesn't want to be there. And I'm like, I love you. I love you. I kiss his face. And then I'm like, kitty, kitty, I love you so much. And I touch him and I snuggle him until he finally sort of wrangles free. I, I totally don't have a consent-based relationship with my cat. Mm. Not at all. Wow. Poor little dude. Oh. I, I just pick him up willy-nilly whenever I want. I'm like, I love you. I love you so much. But he's getting used to it. You can get a cat used to anything. 
<laughs> Especially with uh, clicker training. That this at the circus they uh, oh my god the they circus! sell a, they sell a training kit. Uh, so if, and and like a whole book that tells you how to do it and everything. So you could you could have a circus cat. Are they? Do they juggle? What do these cats do? I saw cats play the drums. Oh! Wow. I saw cats bowl. I saw uh, I saw one cat walking on top of a uh, like a. Wait wait a second wait a second. You say that you saw cats bowl, but were they good at it? it they got a strike. Wow. wow. That cat got a strike. Wow. Uh, there was also. <laughs> Wait, how big were the pins? Were the pins bigger than the cat? They were like uh, toy pins. Uh, okay. So like they were taller than the. They stood taller than the cat stands. But they but, were light. Uh, well, I saw a cat bowl. Why does it yeah, matter okay. how heavy the pins were? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a neat thing. <laughs> Are you allowed and, to take your cat with you? I, I have a I have a backpack for my cat that makes him look like an astronaut, and I wear it. And he has his little he's, he looks at the world through this little bubble. And I I'm like, can I bring my cat to see the cat catrabacks? I don't Catrabax. believe you're allowed to. Dang oh it. wow! Because he would I, that might inspire my cat to be a better cat. <laughs> this uh, your cat backpack? Do you do you wear it on your back or your front? I wear it on the front. Oh, and so your cat sees what you see. Yeah, so he's oh. like right here on my chest and he's out his little bubble thing and he looks around. And he feels, it's like half, the back of it is mesh, but the front of it is plastic. So he feels really safe. And like, yeah. You can knock on it. And there's air holes and everything. So it's really safe and great. Yeah, and he he doesn't love it. <laughs> but it's, it's better than like a cat carrier where they're on the ground or they're looking at those little holes. And he never goes like... He never makes that sound in it, so that's oh. good. I've been on the bus with him, and it's fine. And I've been on the bus with other cats. I, I Just yesterday, I heard a cat, and it was just like this terrible yowling sound, and I felt so terrible for that poor little kitty. Anyways. Um, back to your show. Church of Modern Life, Piano Fight twice, and then again at All Out Theater. All Out Comedy Theater is really great in Oakland. They have a great location in a great spot and I'm I'm glad that they picked up your show. Are you guys going to try to travel it around the United States with like a troupe or bring it to LA or This just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> our um our first plan is to do these four shows. Right. Um and then we're probably going to take a break in August and hopefully restart things in September. And yeah, I'm I'm looking uh, at more locations. Great. How many what what size theater are you are you looking for? What's your like your ideal or and how big are your shows usually you said at stage works they're like a hundred people um what do you what do you usually shoot for are you in the big theater or the small theater at piano fight we're in the small theater at oh, piano God. fight it's like 50 seats yeah and yeah. i think we're aiming for about that size yeah that's great yeah too big and it uh we lose that connection thing it, it just becomes the crowd just becomes uh one unit of right. crowd and maybe some individuals in the front row. Uh, but mm. yeah, 50, 50 even seems big to me, but I think we can handle it uh, in a way that we can make everyone feel included. And, you know, if, if some people come and just want to watch a show, that's fine too. We don't, we're, it's not a, a forced interaction situation, mm. but we do want everyone to feel like they could jump in and they're not interrupting uh, not like in the middle of things, but if we say, uh, you know, now it's time to share some things, uh, we I could feel the power come <laughs> yeah. running down the aisle. <laughs> you know, if that happens, I, I don't want to encourage that to happen. Right. But if that just has to happen, we'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, there's could be an exorcism on stage. There could be some kind of 
crazy awesome strangeness this is this is a really unique and exciting idea and um I wish you guys the best. Where other people can find this, they can go to. They can go to. We've End got Games a, Improv to look for this. They can look at Church of Modern Life. Um, it's not at End Games. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of crossover in uh, people in our cast. This isn't s- produced by End Games. This that's is produced correct. by you guys. This has yeah. nothing to this do with End Games whatsoever. You just happen to, to teach at End Games. Totally independent. Yeah, I teach there, okay. and we've performed there together. And uh, a lot of the people that are in the cast have some kind of relationship with Endgames, but uh, sure. but this is a uh, independent project, yeah. Right, and can you, so people can find it on Facebook? There's a page, Church yeah, of Modern um, Life? Yeah, we're on Facebook, Church of Modern Life. Uh, we're on Twitter. I think it's, you can look for Church of Modern Life. It's also Of Modern Life, the handle. And we also have a website, churchofmodernlife.org. All right. I mean, you could even somehow... 501c I mean churches are 501c3s that would be so cool if you could like work out some United States tour and have like people donate and travel and bring the good word of improv to all the people yes and yes and. <laughs> awesome do you guys have any other plugs to do or anything like that before we wrap it up or any you other can- anything else you want to share with our audience well, you can. Uh, I'll, uh, if I got the opportunity to plug, I got to take it. Hell yeah! Um, I play on a team, a musical improv team called Flash Mob Musical. Oh my god! And we perform at Stageworks through. That's an Endgames production. Uh, second and fourth Friday of every month, we make up songs on stage. The show runs about forty-five minutes, oh and uh, and we we base it all on audience suggestion, and uh, so and it's just to me that's like. That's the tops. I, I did some musical theater growing up, and so to combine that and improv is so joyous. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's so much fun. If you haven't seen a, a musical improv team, uh, come out and see our show. Wayne and Brady check it out, was see my what it's all about. On He's that. so good. So, do you when you do that musical stuff, you like have the genre? So you're like, it's gonna be like Billy Joel. Uh, some teams play with that, but we don't know. do that. Uh, we just whatever the piano player starts playing, <gasps> they don't even know what they're. The, nothing's planned. The piano player is making it all up on the spot as well. <laughs> it's a blast. I love that show, Craziest Girlfriend, because it's all musical theater. Yeah. And I, I don't like all the dialogue in the middle because it seems like a dumb soap opera. <laughs> but the 157 songs that they wrote for those four seasons, I, I would just love to watch them all in a row because each one of those numbers is just like. I mean, I love musical theater, and just bring it back on such a large scale for people was yeah. like, yes, yeah. I mean, I I just love it when people sing and that kind of like comedy parody. I'm really into that. So that's an eight o'clock show every that is second and fourth Friday. Exactly. Awesome. As and, yeah, yeah, as long as we're playing stuff. Um, so I also have a show at End Games um, at the ETC South. Um, at the second and fourth. Saturday of every month at 8.30. Uh, I perform with a group called Cat Dance. We have a format called Off-Broadway, Off-Book, Off-Kilter, where we improvise a play, so it's long form. Wow! Um, and actually, a lot of folks in Cat Dance are also um, going to be in Church of Modern Life. All right. Um, I also do a show at All Out, um, so I'm on the, the cast there, uh, the main stage cast. Um, I'm not on every week, so it's a rotating cast, but the show's 
Um, there's a show at 7.30 uh, every Saturday and also at 9.30. Wow, 7 um, to 9.30 every Saturday at All Out Theater. The 7.30 is the family-friendly show. Oh, wow, that's so nice that you do that. And the 9.30 is the non-family-friendly show. Yeah. Where we make sex jokes. Okay. And also not sex jokes, but right. we also do sex jokes. Badass. This is so exciting because... The world of improv really does exist and it's pretty thriving and vibrant in San Francisco. I'm just not, I just, I get so insular with stand-up that I forget that there's a, comedy is a broad swath. And uh, outside of San Francisco, one more thing to plug. Uh, I'm helping put together the San Jose Improv Festival. Oh, wow! And that runs May 16th to 19th uh, at American Improv Theater in San Jose. This coming up. May yes. 16th. Not wow. this weekend, but the next weekend, yeah. Wow. And that's going to be a bunch of different improv groups all together? Yeah, What's it's a whole bunch like? of different improv groups. Uh, we've got people from all over the U.S. Uh, so there are groups from New York, Chicago, wow. uh, L.A., San Diego. Wow. I haven't seen it. I mean, what's, what's your marketing like? Um, are you... I just I haven't seen anything about it yet. That's really, really exciting. Three days of people from all of the united states doing improv four days four uh, days. thursday friday saturday sunday congratulations this is the first annual uh this is the fourth annual. the fourth annual oh yeah. my gosh well then super congratulations <laughs> it's fourth yeah, year thank you that's great and that you'd get people to apply from all over the united states that's nuts yeah uh most of the marketing i think is um targeting san jose of course it is, um, yeah. but there's a website as well san jose improv festival.com SanJoseImprovFestival.com. And then after that, you can go to the West Coast Musical Improv Festival in July. Uh, it's a four-day festival. Also, uh, people all over the country coming in for it, uh, July 18th to 21st near Union Square in San Francisco. Wow. Near Union Square. Where yeah, is it? it's a place Shelton called Theater? Unscripted Theater. Yeah, right above Shelton. All right. Yeah. And that place is great, too. Thank you guys so much for coming. I'm really excited about your new improv show, Church of Modern Life which is going to be at Piano Fights. So San Francisco, check it out. And if you're in Oakland, All Out Comedy Theater. Awesome. Craig, Amit, thank you. Thank you so much, thank Pam. You, this has Pam. been great. You've been on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Bye.
So my buddy Travis was supposed to show up. We were going to make some magic cards together. But he, magic decks, not magic cards. But he didn't show up, even though I carried my magic cards all day today. So I am going to build some magic decks. And you, Mutiny Radio listener, are going to listen to some more flat black plastic because it's so good. It's my favorite stuff. I love flat black plastic. It's my favorite show. It's a good show. It's a great show. Uh, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio today. Thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. I'm really excited about the Church of Modern Life. I legitimately like improv. Okay. Uh, enjoy some flat black plastic from Scott O. Walker. He's going to be here next week and the following week playing religiously themed records. Spinning that for Some Call Me Tim. Thanks, guys. I'm going to be back in two weeks. Follow... Like, follow me. Look at the pictures I'll post, and I'm going to have a really great time in Portland. All right, everybody, bye. Back where I started from in Memphis. Back home, I lay in bed till 10 o'clock, and night and day, it's just rolling rock. It took my guitar, now to call me Joe, and the only rock I'm not doing is at the USO. I say, uh, give me a whack, Mac, and I'll be back. Bye.
moto moto penzi nipige buso cha moto moto kwa tukipenda nao tulilala pamoja tukizungumza cha siri siri buso cha siri 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 penzi nipige buso cha moto moto tulipo kwa tukipenda nao tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Moto moto penzi nipige buso cha kimoto moto tulipo kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza siri siri penzi nipige buso cha siri siri cha kimoyo moyo penzi nipige buso cha kimoyo moyo tulipo kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza sikamao leo sikwajana sikamao leo Moto moto penzi nipige buso cha faya faya tulipokuwa tukipendana tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Cha moto moto penzi nipige buso cha kimoto moto tulipokuwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Kis cha moto moto penzi nipige buso cha moto moto kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza penzi nipige buso cha moto moto Kis cha faya faya kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Tumoto kis chaki moto moto kwa tukipenda na tulilala mara tu kizungumza kis chamo tumoto mpenzi mpige buso chamo tumoto kwa tukipenda na tulilala pamoja tukizungumza Chasiri siri chakula chao siku chasiri siri
Fogarty and talk straight turkey. Change systems of government and so on and so on and so on. Printing technology confirmed and extended the new visual stress. It provided the first uniformly repeatable commodity, the first assembly line, mass production. 
created the portable book, which men could read in privacy and in isolation from others. Men could now inspire and conspire. It was the print-oriented genius of the Western world that created an applied knowledge and technology unrivaled in human history and learned to manipulate matter, energy, and human life by breaking down every useful process into its functional parts, then producing any required number of each part. You're feeling like it was lost in the bush, boy? Just as pre-shaped parts became components of, say, an airplane, human specialists became components of a great social machine. Compartmentalization of occupations. Compartmentalization of occupations and interests bring about.
weeping out the chicken house Drinking whiskey in the barn
Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm.
Somebody told him that, well, your wife was forced to stand and he turned into a dove, so he flew away. So now
this dog because whenever he goes out, he could kill big animals. And this dog could kill big animals because it was so good. And another thing was this, this dog was so good because it was blessed by the uh, spirits. So one day they went on hunting and uh, so many people were jealous of this boy. They thought of how to kill the dog. So what they thought was, first of all, they hit the dog with a knife. After they hit the dog, then they will uh, skin it to make sure that it will not be, it will, it will not be alive again. And after they skin it, then they could bear it. So they did that one day while they were out hunting. The boy was not there, so they took the dog and they killed Machina. And so after they killed Machina, Machina was skinned, and after they skinned Machina, they killed Machina. So this boy was very sad that he could not find his dog, because he liked this, he loved this dog so much. So anyway, he go And then as he was going home, he was singing this song. Yo guys namunu gwaraim gayam guyaenda Yo guys namunu gwaraim gayam machinam Yo guys namunu gwaraeyo yoenda And then the response to this song is Yaenda yo guys namunu gwaraim Yaenda yo guys namunu gwaraim And the others will sing Yaenda yo guys namunu and I, your guys, now So the song goes on like this. Your guys, now I'm going you know